Welcome back. This is the Alchemist Nation podcast. My name is Walter Amarillo, and I am running a real estate podcast focused on interviewing some of the people who are smartest around the country. These are people who are smarter than me, who in some ways have built more wealth in certain areas. And today we've actually got someone who is going to teach us how to untap your 401k and your IRA. So you can actually still buy real estate and you're not, uh, you're not locked into just those uh, equity assets. So Clay Malcolm, welcome to the show. Hey, Walter. Good to see you. Glad to be good here. To see you again. Excellent. So Clay, how'd you get involved in all this? Like you're kind of a, a magician when it comes to the 401k and the IRA. And these are, these are products I've owned before back when I used to work my nine to fives. And I essentially just wiped them out and paid the ten penalties and bought real estate with them. Uh, you know, this was seven years ago. So we, I had nothing anyway. So right. uh, what would you say uh, was your draw to getting into this company? Well, I, I think that the the thing for me was I had contributed to IRAs and 401ks and they weren't doing enough for me. And I really wanted to find out more about it. And then I just had, as my interest grew, I just happened to find a job in the industry. So, and the great thing about that, of course, is that, you know, not only did I get to, you know, learn about the the extreme details and, and all of those special things that go into IRA investing in real estate, but I also get to interact with with groups and, and experts like yourself. So I'm learning about real estate. I'm using my IRA to invest in real estate. So it's been a great, real, a great combination for me. Absolutely. Makes sense. So, so you just mentioned that you actually use your own IRA. You actually practically apply a lot of this. Uh, that's yes. kind of the, the people that I gravitate towards for advice. If somebody's selling me something they don't use personally, I'm not interested. But if somebody's selling me something that you actually use every day in your own life, well, tell me more. How'd you get started in real estate in the first place? Well, I, my first start in real estate was I was an accidental landlord. I owned a house, I moved out, and I just kept it and rented it and saw how well that was working. And so that just really fueled my, uh, my interest in real estate investing. And, and of course, you know, stock market bumps in 2000 and, you know, uh, other times and things like that have made me a little wary. And so I've always wanted to be able to be diversified, but also to get the best returns. You know, I'm putting this money into a tax advantaged account that can grow faster maybe than my personal money because of the tax advantages. So I got to find the thing that makes that money the most money. Right. And so that's, that's really how I, I, I kind of got there. That's pretty cool. So accidental landlord, what, what state or what city did you start out in? Where do you live right Denver. now? Denver, Denver Colorado. Yep. Awesome. So what'd you buy? Was it a condo or a single family? I, I, I now have two single family uh, holds there. Uh, and now I'm in Atlanta looking for uh, things in Atlanta. No kidding. Atlanta, Georgia? Yes. No kidding. All right. So you're, you're like me. You travel the country a little bit, seeing where, uh, where you like. So two single families in Denver, those are not yep. cheap anymore. No. When did you pick those up? One of them was uh, quite a while ago. So I think I bought it in 2001. Um, and then the, the other one time. I bought, yeah, it's uh, tripled in value. And then the other one I bought, I think, seven years ago, which was also right at the beginning of a nice surge. So I hit, yep. I hit two of them. That's awesome. That is, uh, and single families are an appreciation place. So when you buy them at the right timing, it could change your life. Absolutely change your life. And, but, and I'll tell you one other thing too, Walter. So I also, my IRA, when I purchased my first rental property in my IRA, it was in Kansas City, which also was an up and coming market. So uh, <laughs> keep my fingers crossed that the, the luck keeps up. I, I love that. So do you still own that one in Kansas City or is that one you've uh, let go? 
I let, let go of that one and moved on to some other stuff. I've actually done quite a bit of things in my IRA with uh, real estate. So I've loaned, made loans to fix and flippers, uh, some land speculation, a number of things. So it leads me into my next question, which is, uh, did you pay taxes when you sold that house in Kansas City? Did you get a gain and did you pay taxes on it? <laughs> yes, I got gains, no taxes. And that's because it all rolls back into the 401k IRA. Correct. So in contrast to the strategy that, that some people use, which is, to, hey, I'm just going to uh, you know, get rid of all these uh, accounts that I've contributed to and move that money to where I have total control of it instantaneously and it's in my personal world, which is, I, I get that strategy. But the, in contrast to that, what's happening here is the IRA that money is still in the IRA, even though it's being dispersed to purchase the property and to pay for insurance and taxes and all that kind of stuff that we that we know we need to do. That money is still considered to be in the sphere of the IRA. So it's tax protected so that when those returns, the profits come back, they come back and they're not taxed. And that means that they can compound faster. Right. So I all of the proceeds from that that real estate deal came right back. So I had more money to invest in the next thing. So that compounding effect is really one of the things that a lot of financial advisors will tell you. That's that's one of the great things about the account. Um, I mean, today you and I are talking about basic knowledge of that that this money is active. It doesn't have to be distributed. You don't have to take the the tax hit in order to get it engaged in real estate investment. So that's really how you know you and I talked about this this topic, but the. But the idea is that there is some some contrast to different strategies when you when you think about how do I want to engage this money in real estate? Yeah, I, and I definitely want to dive into that. We've got about probably 20 minutes left uh, on our call. So we we are definitely going into the details on this. And uh, Clay, so far, I'm, I'm impressed. You've gotten some real estate deals done. You've done it in the IRA. So not only are you just talking theory with us, you you're actually have done and accomplished some of these, uh, some of these activities. So uh, before yes. we dive into it, Clay, if somebody did want to reach out to you and get your contact information, I'm going to ask for that at the end. Uh, I have a virtual assistant who comes in and ties all this in. Uh, so he just la- listens to like the first five minutes and uh, the last five minutes. So uh, I want to make sure that we have access uh, and don't let me forget to bring that in. Uh, yeah. Before we before we go back into the details of the IRA and 401k, is this uh, a self-directed? Is this uh, a, uh, I'm trying to think of what, another EQRP or, or what is uh, this product actually called? Well, this is a great question because the vocabulary can be really confusing for folks. Right. So let me start in the IRA world. The, the term self-directed IRA is not a, it's not a legal distinction. It's not an account type. It's actually just a descriptive term. And all it really indicates is that the IRA holder is going to have some sort of choices in terms of what the account buys. So Schwab and Fidelity and those guys, they have self-directed IRAs. But what it means is that you get to pick from 10 mutual funds or, or these, this set of stocks. So I really, think I was in one of those once. Yeah, and it didn't feel very empowering. <laughs> well, it's, it, it gives you some latitude, but not very much, right? Right. And so, so really what I think, if you're, an, if you're looking to be an IRA investor, um, you're looking for an IRA custodial entity or IRA provider that handles alter, quote unquote alternatives and specifically real estate. And so there are companies like the one I work for that specialize in those alternative assets. So that, those are the things that we do the custody for. We're not really all that good at publicly traded securities. So people come to us 
to, to get their money in position to invest in, in real estate. So the self-directed term is, is really, it throws a lot of people off. The account types are actually the same ones you already know. Traditional right. IRA, Roth IRA, solo 401k. That's a little bit different animal. I'll talk about that in a second. But a SEP IRA is very popular for self-employed folks as well because the contribution limits are so high. And even your health savings account, your HSA, can be a real estate investor. It is an individual custodial account. And I, I see that some HSAs have a little bit less cash value. So people are actually partnering their IRA with their HSA on a deal so that both accounts get the benefit. So there's some really exciting stuff from a, a, a money management and tax perspective there. You know what you and mentioned so uh, about the SEP is uh, higher contribution factors, right? Like the, the a Roth IRA like does not make sense for me ever. Like at this point, like, Maybe if I started now and I, I nailed it on a couple of phenomenal deals, maybe at some point a Roth could actually be useful for me because of the $5,000 contribution limit. Right. Uh, so what is the limit on a SEP? Uh, 57000 this year. Yeah. So and that's almost useful, right? Like, so if I did that for a couple of years, it can, I could probably do a flip with 57000 That would be um, a start, right? And that would be a, a good way to get into having yeah. that tax shelter. Yes. Well, and so... A SEP IRA or solo 401k, those are the two that self-employed folks typically will choose those account types because the annual contribution limits are so high. Right. And the cool thing about the way that the rules are written now is that there's no restriction on traditional to Roth conversion. So one of the things that I see people do with their SEP IRA is they will make the maximum contribution. And then the next day, they'll give me a call and they'll say, hey, Clay, we're going to do a conversion to Roth. So instead of just being able to contribute $6,000 annually, they contribute 57,000 to their SEP and then they convert it the next day. So they've gotten $57,000 into the Roth format in a single tax year. So very powerful. So, Walter, you've, you've frozen on me. I'm not quite sure where we are here. Walter. Clay, not sure what happened. It looks like I'm frozen on my computer, <laughs> yeah. but my phone is not frozen. So, <laughs> so I'm still here with you, brother. What uh, what is the name of your company? That's what I was asking. Did you hear that uh, question? Advanta IRA, and we are a nationwide uh, self-directed IRA provider that handles alternative assets. Um, we have account holders in every state, so no matter where you are, we can help you. And if all you need to do is just call us and ask us for information just to get, you know, your bearings straight, please do that. We're happy to happy to help. Okay, excellent. So website to the company? Yep, it's advantaira.com. So A-D-V-A-N-T-A-I-R-A.com. Awesome, awesome. All right, so you said that there was uh, some differences between uh, some of the different accounts and that you could uh, talk a little bit about how to get those involved. Let's jump back into, into that 
section right before I ask you the question about the uh, the steps. I apologize for throwing us off there. That's okay. You want to you want to lead in with the question again? I, I, I so I know yeah, where I am. So, so there's a bunch of different accounts, and um, when I started uh, with my my company, I, they gave me a 401k, a traditional 401k, and I didn't really know what to do with it, but they would allow me to go into either a low, a mid, or a high risk, uh, I guess, accounts. And so that's all I knew about. And if I'd known that I could have kept things going and jumped into a real estate transaction with, with that account, I probably would have, right? So how do, like, if I'm still working for a company and I've got, say, 40, 50,000 sitting in my 401k, can I use it as a down payment and it stays in the 401k or does a deal have to be the full amount? Does that have to be the full dollar amount? So there's, there's two pieces to that and I'll take them one at a time. So <clears throat> when you have a 401k or some other employer sponsored plan, so you work at a company and they offer some kind of tax advantage retirement plan, lots yep. of times that money cannot be moved until you separate from employment. But lots of us have also changed jobs over the years and things like that. So any 401k plan or retirement plan at, a, at an employer for whom you no longer work, that is automatically mobile, meaning that you can roll it over without tax and without penalty. Typically, what you'll do is you roll it over into a traditional IRA. Now, there are some variations there. But understand that that money can be moved, again, without tax and without penalty, just to a different uh, custodian and be put into position to invest in real estate. So if you are still employed at a particular place, a lot of times their 401k plan or their pension plan uh, won't let that money out, but you can ask, they might offer what's called an in-service distribution or an in-service rollover. So it's definitely worth asking if you can get some of that money moved into position to invest in real estate. Now, the second part of what you, you were getting at, which I, I think is a really interesting one is, does your IRA have to have the full investment value or purchase price, so to speak? And the answer is no. Your IRA actually can take out debt leverage. And the, the, uh, real, the rental property that my IRA bought in Kansas City was debt leverage. And so there are some restrictions to it in as much as I personally, Clay personally, is not allowed to, I'm not allowed to pledge my assets, my personal assets, as collateral for that loan. So generally speaking, it's called non-recourse loan. And what it means basically is that the lender is saying, yes, I'm going to loan this money to an IRA, but the only collateral that's really attached to it is the property itself. And so we're back. And so what that means- Little technical difficulties handled. Clay, you were just talking about leverage and being able to purchase uh, properties with using leverage, using the bank's money as well. How does that work with the, and you could do that with a SEP, I assume? Yes. So- no matter the account type, a SEP IRA or a traditional or a Roth uh, or a solo 401k, the, that, that account can actually take out debt. Now, what the IRS does limit is, uh, you know, what collateral you can pledge for that. So as the account holder, I can't pledge my personal assets as collateral for that loan because it's only given to the IRA. In fact, an IRA and a solo 401k, they're actually different legal entities than me personally. It's my money and I get to control them, but they're different legal entities. And that's one of the reasons why earlier we were talking about, you know, when I, when I go out to raise money for a deal, if I'm talking to a potential investor or partner, I'm actually talking to two, two pools of money. I'm talking to their personal money. Do you have that? Do you, do you feel like you're comfortable with that in the deal? And hey, do you have an IRA or an old 401k that you feel like you might want to put in that deal as well? 
So when you're talking to a, a single person, you may be talking to two potential investors. So again, so your IRA or your 401k is a separate legal entity. So when it comes to these loans, when your IRA wants to use debt leverage um, to increase your buying power, the lender is, is loaning to the IRA, not me personally. And so if there's default, all they really can do is take the property back that's the subject of the loan. The, and what that means is that the loan to value usually changes. 40% is not uncommon to ask for a 40% down payment. Um, but the thing that's amazing about this, and it, it takes a little while to kind of get the idea, the IRS is actually going to let your IRA make money on money that you didn't actually contribute to the account, right? right. So if, I'm, if I have 60% debt leverage, I'm make, theoretically, I'm making 60% more money than I would on just the 40% that I had contributed. It's, it's remarkable. Now there are some, again, there's, uh, there's details in all these things. So please do, you know, do some research, give me a call, send me an email. I'm happy to run through all this stuff. The information is easy to digest once you have a second, but, but the, the fact that your IRA can make money on money that you didn't have to contribute to the account. I love that. It, and real estate is the key to it because of the way that that asset class works. So it's a really cool opportunity for some. It actually allows you to have more money in the game without having to have your own money in the game. Whereas if you did this with the normal stock market tools that they give you, you're, you're stuck with one-to-one -one leverage. And in some cases, maybe you can use um, a little bit of, uh, oh, what's it called? Uh, margin. So you could use margin on some accounts where they'll let you double your value. But at the end of the day, if your stocks go down in value, they take that money away right away. You get a margin call. And with real estate, it'd be very, very hard for them to evaluate that or, or calculate it or track it. So basically up market, down market, you're holding on to this real estate. I mean, we don't know how it'll, it'll act in a, a downplay, right? This isn't uh, right. a product that was used heavily uh, in 2008, I'm sure. And uh, it's become more and more popular over the last decade. So Clay, uh, I've got another call to jump on and I want to make sure that we get the best out of this conversation. What is the easiest way for somebody to contact you if they have more detailed and specific questions about their particular situation? Yes. Uh, you know, shoot me an email. It's C Malcolm. So C-M-A-L-C-O-L-M at advantaira.com. Or you can call my direct office line, which is 470-695-0620. And like I say, if you're, whether you're starting from the very beginning or you're ready to, to jump on a deal, anywhere in between, just let's get you the information so that it starts to become part of your real estate investment vocabulary. Because I think the thing that I really want to convey is that an IRA or a solo 401k can be an active real estate investor. So let's, let's put it in, into play. I love it. And so I, I have a financial advisor. His name is uh, Ryan McDermott. He's one of my coaches in the program. I'd love for him to contact you and uh, see if there's a way for you guys to work together because what, what you got for product here is pretty cool. Uh, so I always ask for three pieces of advice. So Clay, if you go back to 20 year you and say, here are the three pieces of advice that will improve your life or get you financially free faster, or this is just the, the three pieces that if you gave to yourself 20 years earlier, maybe it'd be 10 years faster, 10 years further ahead. What, what three pieces of advice would you give to 20 year olds getting into it right now? Well, I think the, the piece of advice is get started. I think they can really look daunting and, oh, you know, the contribution limits and this and that, and the other thing. Don't worry about it. Just get started because the, the, the critical mass of cash is closer than you think. 
And it can be involved in all the other deals you're doing personally as well. So don't let the, the little hoop or the, the fact that it's in an account stop you from starting. Because you know a Roth IRA that you start in your 20s, 30s, 40s can be producing tax-free income for you forever and for your heirs. I mean, it's remarkable. So let's, it's a tax tool that they offer us. Let's use it. So get started. Nice. Get started. So you got two more, bro. Two more. Okay. <laughs> Once you next, get started, what do you do? <laughs> next one is make sure that you understand that somebody else's IRA is at play, right? So just what I was talking about before, when you're talking to a potential investor or partner or any deal, architecting any deal, um, understand that IRA and 401k money might be part of that. So don't, don't neglect to, to ask about it and to let people know. And also don't be afraid that, you know, somebody, lots of people aren't going to know this. So you may be the person who introduces it to them. Don't, don't let that be daunting for you. You can get the information, shoot, have them, you know, bring me into the call. It's fine. I'm happy to tell everybody what's going on, but like it. that it's, it's there. So understand that that's there. I, I like that, Clay. I've actually, I've talked to investors and said, well, do you have a 401k? And they say, yeah, you know, but I can't use it. I'm like, oh, actually, hey, let me introduce you to this company that does uh, self-directed 401ks and allows you to uh, start utilizing it. And that's how I've raised a lot of capital was through teaching people the process. Uh, and now you give us one more tool, one more access to do it. So I, I like that. Yeah. Uh, Clay, so third piece of advice if you were to give it to somebody at, in their 20s looking to uh, buy real estate or raise capital. Well, I would say if you can if you can get money into a Roth format and kind of take away the idea of taxation later, and, and not everybody can do that. So don't take this as you, you must or any of that kind of thing. But if your financial situation allows you to get more money into a Roth format, and this may be because you're younger and perhaps you're not in your earning prime yet, so your, your income tax rate is lower. So the tax rate that you're in now is the only tax rate that will ever apply to that money. So whether it's your because you're younger or, you know, in some cases it's people, you know, just having a in a particular place where their income tax rate level is is lower. Take advantage of that because that those times probably won't be uh, occurring throughout your entire lifetime. So when you have that ability to get money and pay tax at a very low income tax rate or a low tax rate period, take advantage of it. It's, it's such a, such a powerful tool. Absolutely. And then invest in uh, index funds that seem to be doing well early on in the beginning when you only got a couple hundred bucks, just throw into something safe, throw into something that will compound, right? Well, right. I mean, so the, the strategy for somebody starting is a little bit different than somebody who has kind of a critical mass of cash. Right. So exactly right. When you get started, if it's, you know, you might be saving 25 bucks a week. Well, that, that needs to be treated a little bit differently than, you know, 25000 or $250,000. You mean my $25 a week is not going to buy me that piece of real estate, huh? <laughs> not right away. Not right away, but two or three yeah. years of that. And absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Clay Malcolm, thank you so much, brother. Uh, one more time, your email address, somebody wants to reach out to you. You got it. It's C Malcolm, C-M-A-L-C-O-L-M at AdvantaIRA.com. Happy to talk awesome. to you. Thank you so much 
Clay, I want to thank you for jumping on, giving us uh, some of your knowledge. This is the Alchemist Nation podcast. You can find out more about us by going to GualterAmarillo.com. And if you want to join one of our free Saturdays, that's what uh, Clay was talking about earlier. We do the 52 Weeks to Wealth. We teach you one wealth principle per week to help you move you forward. And that website link is GualterAmarillo.com forward slash live because you only get one life and you might as well live it to your best Clay Malcolm, again, thank you so much for your time on the podcast today. We appreciate you. I will see you Saturday. Cheers to your success. When you have a choice, I always work with the best.